You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are connected to our podcast. Uh, you know, we have a great episode in store today, but we want to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. Don't forget to leave that rating, to leave that review. It helps put our podcast in front of more listeners. So we are just so excited uh, that, you know, you're listening to this episode, whether you're on your way to work, on your way to school, if you're chilling at your house. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. So Miguel, how has your day been? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about on this day? Yeah. I mean, it's the weather's getting nice. I feel like we're always talking about the weather, but we're in a, in that <laughs> season where it is getting nicer out. So I just think that overall just affects, uh, you know, your mood and brightens it up. So definitely um, excited about that. Um, I'm, it, I've been excited these last few weeks because there has been uh, some awesome music, yeah. uh, new music being released. And, um, you know, as a music person, someone that loves listening to music and, you know, working with, uh, you know, different things like that. I look forward to Fridays because Fridays to me are like new music Fridays yes. where everyone drops. Actually, I want to say Thursday midnight or Friday midnight, yeah, right? Yeah. So like late Thursday night, uh, you know, staying up and seeing like who's releasing what, um, what artists uh, are dropping music. Um, we've had some really cool like collaborations happen uh, recently. Um, you know, uh, Gavi is a Christian artist that he recently just dropped a new album titled Noche Juvenil, and he has a bunch of collaborations on there. Blanca dropped an yeah. album. Um, she had collaborations with Christine De Claudio. She had collaborations with Gavi and, you know, just uh, just awesome music. And, you know, one of the that we've talked about them for some time now. Right. Yeah. We have collaborations with Maverick City. Um, they released their Spanish album, Como en el Cielo. Yeah. Uh, we have Elevation Worship and their, uh, you know, collaboration with them titled Gyra. So the music right yeah. now, it's 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 on a rise. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, there's so many different styles that if, you know, you like your worship and your praise, you got that. If you like your gospel, you got that. If you like your hip hop and your rap, you know, there's something for everyone when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, what genre you enjoy. Yeah. You know, you have people like Israel also who released his album as well. He even had an old school track of Coritos back in the day. Um, so it looks like to me that people, you know, took advantage of the quarantine situation and have been really working on a lot of projects because now we're kind of seeing the birth of all those things. Uh, so it's really good and something really exciting uh, to just see what was created, what was birthed out of having so much free time in your hands because a lot of, you know, these artists and musicians and songwriters, producers, uh, you know, are usually like on the go, go, go. And with the whole quarantine situation, they kind of put a pause on a lot of people's schedules. Um, but I also think that as creatives or people that like to work and be on the go, 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 what they did was just funnel that energy and that time into creating more projects and having, you know, uh, 
things in the works for what's already been released and what's going to be released as well. So, you know, we are very excited about today's episode. You know, we have a special guest that is joining us and we know that our conversation is going to bless you today. And we just want to go ahead and just jump right into it. So please welcome to the God Life Culture podcast, Aaron Moses. Aaron, please say hello to our listeners. Family. We're we talking. We, we family. We're talking family stuff. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. With my coffee here, you gave me enough time to make the coffee, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you were telling us about, you know, getting in, you know, real late and having to drive home and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that. I'm so, partially jet lagged. <laughs> I mean, man, so I've been I've been in Redding, uh, California, which is where Bethel is. I've been there since last Thursday. Um, and um, just working on new music, writing with some of my Bethel friends and working some with some amazing producers out there. Shout out to Lael. Jeff Schneweis, he's an, he's an amazing producer. Uh, he lives in Reading, him and his wife. Uh, they started this studio called The Apartment. And we've just been there, me and my best friend Dante, Bo, who just released a record. So we, we, we you were talking about records. I was like, oh, we got to talk about Dante Bo's. We can't leave him out. Yes, yes, but, um, for sure. Yeah, he, he just released a record and my best friend Jesse, my other best friend Omar, we were just over there for a week just creating. I mean, we we got like maybe 10 or 11 tracks in. It's just it was just crazy. But I wow. got came home last night like super super late, so now, for those listeners out there who may not, you know, be familiar with who you are, may not, you know, be uh, you know, in tune to everything that you're doing in the music and collaborations, you know, introduce us uh, you know, to who you are. Who is Aaron Moses? Yeah. Um, well, Aaron Moses is just a very talented young man from New Jersey (laughs) 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 who loves the Lord and has been able and has been blessed enough to work with people like Travis Green and Willie McDowell. And, um, now, uh, I write, lead and produce for Maverick. So everything, everything you've heard from Maverick, um, I've been, producer on so I, I produced all that um yeah I just I, I write for a lot of friends and yeah that's what I do I always get weird when people ask me who I am I'm like uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to find uh, a healthy medium to like right be right. like humble I'm bragging probably, be like this yeah, is who I'm, I am but this is also what I do <laughs> yeah and then ain't you know I think you could completely talk about what you've done and not and not come off as a bragger, but yes, it's just not me to talk about what I've done. I guess I don't know. No, I get it. But you know, cool. one of the things one of the things I was speaking about before we started recording uh, was our upbringing. You know, where we come from. You're from yes. New Jersey, or that. You know, we're I'm from Brooklyn. Miguel grew up on Long Island his whole life. Um, but you know, part of the conversations that we have on this podcast is also identifying our culture, our childhood, how that had an influence on us. You know, when we were growing up. So you know. Aaron Moses today, how were you influenced by your culture and your upbringing, whether it's your Latino heritage or just being from New Jersey in itself? You know, how has that influenced your life, your music and, you know, everything about you? Yeah, well, I was born and raised back and forth between Newark, New Jersey and Belleville, New Jersey. For those who don't know where Belleville is, it's literally next door to, uh, to Newark. So... I would be back and forth between Newark and Belleville 
um, kind of like as a child. And um, yeah, it was just, I was surrounded by so many things, you know, I was surrounded by violence, by gangs, you know, uh, gun, gun violence, abuse. I was surrounded by all, by all that, you know, if you haven't heard about Newark, look it up, you know, it's, it's a pretty rough place, but it's such a beautiful place because it's where I learned to love everybody. Yeah. You know, walking downtown Newark, New Jersey, you're going to see black people. You're going to see Spanish people. You're going to see white people. You're going to see Asians. You know, you're going to see Indians. It's just, it's just like this immense place full of so many people that are different, but so beautiful in their own ways. And I think that, now where I am in ministry, understanding what my assignment is uh, and understanding that I feel like I'm called to bridge the gap, not only not only generationally, but racially, you know, um, and I could speak lang- two languages, you know, I could speak English and I could lead in Spanish as well. And so I just I just feel so called to all these different people, you know, so um, I don't know, be it, growing up in New Jersey. And Newark had such a played such a big role in it, you know. And I'm big on compassion. And when you live in Newark, your heart, you know, your heart either grows more bitter, mm-hmm. according to the people you're around, or your heart grows bigger. And I feel like because of the way I was raised and my my family being such a God fearing family, um, my heart was positioned to grow bigger and, um. Yeah, I just, even in ministry now, I just have such a heart of compassion. You know, everything I do is around that. Everything I do is centered around my love for God and my compassion and love for people. Saving That's us. awesome. And, and yeah, and definitely, you know, your past experiences and your background definitely influences who you are and what you do. And, you know, right now, last year, and, you know, we're still kind of going through it with this whole pandemic situation. We're talking about how, you know, those, uh, there were many people that took advantage of the quarantine and took advantage of the time to, you know, work on music, work on their craft. And, you know, now we're kind of seeing the fruits of that, right? The fruits of their labor. And in 2020, you released uh, your own EP titled Here and Now. Right. So this was a moment where, you know, obviously the world was, uh, you know, changing as we know it. Uh, You know, a lot of people were suffering. There was a lot happening um, last year and you decided to release music. Uh, You know, what was the message and the heart behind that project and the timing? You know, was that intentional? Like, what was the the idea behind that? Yeah, well, honestly, the the idea behind the record came out. You know, I would love to say that the songs came out of a very, very beautiful place, but I guess they were beautiful. I can say they were beautiful now, but then it wasn't all the songs that you hear on the record are songs that came out of a season of crazy depression. I was maybe two years ago, I went through this really deep depression um, to the point that I I was sleeping on a couch and I I would wake up in the morning and purposely stay under the covers until the evening because I just didn't want to face the day. I didn't want to face myself. I didn't want to face the day. And in that season, I began to learn that Jesus was not so detached that I, that I, as I thought he was, you know, and especially with everything going on, people, people's questions about God is where is he, you know, like, where is he in the middle of this pandemic? And I, 
people have lost everything. Some people have lost everything, their house, their job, their money, you know, every, their family, you know, people have lost people. Yeah. And um, a lot of people's questions are, where is he? Where is God? And my revelation, you know, I know we hear it all the time, like God is here. God is with you. He never leaves you. He never abandons you. That's knowledge, but there has to be a point in our Christianity that we mature into the belief that it's not just a not it's not just knowledge anymore. It turns into revelation, and I felt like in that season, my knowledge of Jesus turned into revelation. I had a revelation of who Jesus was to me, and in that season, I I learned like, oh my gosh, Jesus is not afraid of my depression. Jesus is not afraid of my circumstances. He's not afraid of my situation. That's why I wrote the song here and now. The song always good. It was I was actually declaring to myself that God is always good. I was reminding myself because then, you know, I actually didn't want to write. And Dante dragged me downstairs and said, "No, we're gonna write about this. You know what? What you're experiencing, we're gonna write about it." And that's what I wrote here. You know, always good. And yeah, so the EP is just it comes from a revelation of knowing that Jesus is actually in the here. He's in the now. We always hear that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But I also believe that he's right in the middle. Yep. He's yeah. in the beginning when you start. He's at the end when you're when you're through the storm. But he's also on the boat with you. Just yeah. ask disciples. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, might be, he might be silent just like he was with the disciples on the boat because he wanted them to know, like, hey, you don't have to fear. You don't, you know, the same power I have, you have. The same spirit you, I have, you have. You know, but they were afraid. And I think that we forget that Jesus is there in the boat with us as well. So that that's where that EP came from. And it's only three songs because I didn't want to make it extensive. I just wanted to make it a quick thought for people to be reminded, you know, oh, yeah, he's in the yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, you spoke earlier about, you know, your friend Dante kind of being there and like dragging you out, right? And telling you like, we need to write about this. And, you know, I think it's so important, especially, you know, after the year we've been through and the things that, you know, some people are still going through that, uh, you know, when we talk about depression and all these things, it's a way that the enemy uses to just isolate us sometimes, right? And to keep us alone, away from people that will actually speak life into us and, and help us, right? And kind of, you know, bring us to a place of understanding like this isn't the end this isn't going to stay this way so you know my question for you is how important is it um especially for young ministers and you know young worshipers out there whether they're worshiping and ministering in their local church or on a large scale on a large platform how important is it for them to have a mentor i, I think mentorship is so important um you know i have a lot of people that i consider mentors like a lot of people. Um, and I have mentors for different areas of my life. You know, for music, I have many different mentors. From I would consider Israel Houghton as a mentor and um, Eddie James, who was like a father to me and a mentor to me. You know, Dante, who's a big brother to me, but I also am so inspired by his drive, by his understanding of what he's called to, of what his assignment is. Um, you know, Tasha, so many people that I consider, Christine, Christina Claudia, so many people that I consider actual family, but they, they've poured into me at one point or another. Um, it's just so important. You know, the reason God places people like those, people like that in front of you is to show you where you're headed. You know what I mean? And um, 
it would be foolish of me not to listen to the words of the wise. You know, where you're headed and the people that have trailblazed the, the road for you, I think it's important to hear the voice and hear, you know, William McDowell hits me up all the time. And, you know, he's like a voice of encouragement to me, but he's also a voice of reasoning to me. And um, yeah. I don't know. It's just so important. We don't know everything, y'all. Like We don't know everything. And the problem with Christians sometimes is that we're just too deep for our own good. <laughs> like, let's be honest. We're too deep for our own good. We are too deep. We think we know everything. We think we know. And really, we only know a, very, a, a fragmented idea of what the bigger yeah. picture really is. So I don't know. I I think if you want if you want your ministry to flourish, like the people you're being led by, you know, and the people you're inspired by, then you need to listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's definitely <laughs> truth in what you're saying, and I think that there is, there are a lot of reasons as to why sometimes people find it hard to not only listen to mentors, but find mentors, you know, to create those relationships, to build yeah. uh, those lines of communication as well, you know, because sometimes it's an issue of, you know, not wanting to take a leap of faith to build a relationship. Other times it's yeah. vulnerability and not wanting to open up, you know, because you can be, you could be cool with somebody, but not develop a relationship in which there is that ability to communicate honestly. There is that trust yes. that is put in as well, you know, so there's yeah. a lot of reasons for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and even biblically, we see Elijah and Elisha. Mm -hmm. You know, where Elijah, the only way, the only way Elisha is going to catch the mantle is if he positions himself. Yeah. If he, if he, Elijah said, told him you have to position yourself for the mantle. It's not like I'm going to come and look for you and give it to you. No, you got to be in position for the mantle. And mentorship is so important because that's how mantles are passed down. That's how, you know, anointings are passed down as well. You know, things that you're meant to walk in. Sometimes God will require you to sit up under a mentor or a father or a mother or a leader and, you know, teach you to be faithful in the little. I served Eddie from, I traveled with Eddie for four years, you know, three, three or four years. And I served him for all those years. I, you know, I served him. And um, I, I learned the ins and outs of the ministry and all that, you know, with, with him. If I wouldn't have positioned myself for the mantle, for the anointing, I would have, I probably would have left with no knowledge, you know what I mean? But I stayed and I was faithful. So, yeah. I, and honestly, our generation, like, sometimes it's a little scary, but sometimes it's almost like faithfulness is foreign to us. Like, yeah. we want everything how we want it, as quick as we want it. You know, being faithful to something for if the Lord says for a large period of time, that's scary to us because we, we want our own. We're also wired to want our own thing, to want to flourish in our own way and da da da. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important too to realize that, you know, many times we have vision, right? And we want to be somewhere. We want, you know, a large platform. Maybe we want to sing and want people to know our songs or, yes. you know, we want to be in, in front of, you know, many crowds and we neglect the small beginnings and we neglect where we are now. Right. And I think it's so important. Like you said, you served, you know, for years and and kind of, you know, helped someone else's 
Tulsa's vision flourish, right? And played an integral part in that. And, you know, you served in those moments where now you see kind of the fruits of that and you see, you know, you you learned lessons, you had experiences, you, you went through things where now all of those experiences are are helping you in what you're doing right now in this moment. And I think it's so easy to just get caught up in the future. It's so easy to get caught up with what we want that we forget that right now in this present moment, what you're doing, it, it's not it's not too good for you. Right. Yeah. It may not be what you want to be doing. It may not be what you know you you want to be doing in the future. But what is God yeah. teaching you where you are right now at this moment? Because everything that he's teaching you now is what you're going to need for what he has for you in the future. Oh, yeah. And even and it comes to everything. And that's why I said what I said about having mentors for every every area of my life i have people that i, I allow pour into me fin- about finances because i see the fruit of their lives when it comes to how they've stewarded finances you know I, I i have mentors when it comes to my marriage because i can see the fruit i won't I, i'm gonna be honest i don't just let anybody speak into my marriage mm-hmm. you know i got i got tias and stuff who ain't never been married trying to talk to me about <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling my aunt like can you stop talking to me? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> talk about, you know. But it, it's very important to have mentors for different areas of your life that can, as in, because I, I, I want to grow all around, just not ministerially. Because let's, and y'all, can we be honest? <clears throat> We've idolized ministry. Yeah, like when we, when people, when the church says the word ministry. It's almost like eerie now. Like everybody's ears stand up. Like, oh, ministry. What are we what are we about to talk about? You know what I mean? But I'm a man that I want everything in my life to be to grow and to be blessed and to flourish. Not just ministry, which what is that anyways? You know. But like finances, my marriage, my home, my joy, my mental health, everything. Like I want all that to flourish. So it's, yeah, it's important to have somebody in every corner of your life to pour into people that you trust, of course, that you can entrust. Yeah. You know, personally with, but yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you touch on a very important thing, you know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to the platform, there are a lot of people that see that and there's nothing wrong with wanting it. And there's other people that see you and you're traveling and you're working with so many people doing different collaborations, like all this great stuff. But in reality, they don't see the work, that gets put into it. You know, they're not seeing you having to travel, take a red eye, get home at three in the morning, you know, be jet lag, do this, do that. Um, you know, and there is a work that goes into ministry. There is a work that goes into your craft that is not what the general public gets to see. Maybe your wife, see your wife definitely sees it. Some family and friends get to see that, but the general public don't get that inside scoop of what's going on so can you talk a little bit about that like you know the work the crowd the 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 time the energy the tears that goes into you know working to put things out to bless other people man i want to i want to say this to do it to do what we do it actually costs everything yeah like it actually costs everything like when you choose to pursue what i've chosen for my life because I feel called to it. It actually does cause you to entrust everything you have and count it as loss. You know? Um, 
I made a post not too long ago about not being blindsided, you know, by the things that come with the lifestyle that I'm, you know, of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love to see what we're doing. You know, they see me in the videos, the Maverick videos, and they see me leading worship nights and traveling all around the world and, you know, doing what I do with a beautiful wife and all that, you know, a beautiful little puppy. <laughs> I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd throw those two things in there. <laughs> I, I actually don't know where I was going with that, but I just thought I would plug my wife in my little <laughs> But they see what I do and they're like, oh my gosh, I want that. Yeah. But I posted and said, don't, don't be naive and do what I do because of what you see. And then you find yourself blindsided by everything that comes with it. Mm-hmm. It's actually a very weighty responsibility that comes with what we do. And um, a very scary one at times as well, because you, you're called upon to speak up for some things that people might disagree with. You know, you might be called to, leading worship is only 5% of what I do. <laughs> like, leading yeah. worship is 5 or 10% of what I do. It really is. Think about it. We're only up on stage for maybe 30 minutes. You still have 23 hours and 30 minutes left. You're right. <laughs> so if you le- actually let that sink in, it's actually like, oh my gosh. There is so much more that comes with that world that actually is ignored. And it's the reason why people burn out. It's the reason why people quit and leave. You know, a lot of people have left the faith because of everything that comes with this. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's a serious thing. It's a sad thing. So if I can encourage the you know people that are aspiring to do what I do, man, first thing I will say is, what is the Lord saying? You know, what is the Lord calling you to? And if He is, then what are you willing to lose? If you will, if you are one, if you are willing to say yes, have you counted the cost? And I think that would be the, that. That's my motto. Like, have you counted the cost? Count the cost yep. for everything you do. You know, count the cost for everything, everything you do, everything, every, every word, every conversation, every relationship made, built, you know, every, every engagement, everything. You got to count the cost for everything because it, it, it costs something. It costs actually everything, it costs everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like you said, the thing that people wind up getting blindsided about because they think it's an easy thing. Oh, you know, I have the talent whether it is to sing, to play, to produce, to whatever. So that's enough. And when they are put to the test, they realize, oh, there's more to the story than just being talented. You know, there is work that goes into it. And that's not even getting into the spiritual aspect of it, you know, because there's also a whole nother situation with the spiritual work that has to be put in as well, because it's, it's great to have, you know, natural talent but then when it comes to anointing and being connected in the spirit and you know being able to flow and being able to discern and all that stuff as well you know there there's a work you have to build on your relationship with god as well you know and i wanted to jump into something uh we spoke about this a little bit when we're speaking about you know uh your upbringing and you know being in new jersey and being around different cultures and that making you compassionate and you know one thing you know the last couple of years has brought in a heightened sensitivity uh, to culture and racial discrepancies and stuff like that uh, because it's been been out, you know, happening. But the reality is that uh, because of a lot of things that have been happening the last couple of years, there's been a heightened sensitivity to it. You know, and one of the great things about, you know, 
following your ministry and whether it was when you were, you know, working with Eddie James, the different collaborations that you made that you've been working with. Also, Maverick City is seeing the cultural diversity. You know, when you put up a video of Maverick City, for example, and you see the different races, the different people, the, the beautiful different shades of, of skin toads uh, that are in the video, that within itself is very inspiring, you know, yeah. to see that, to see that unity, to see the people, you know, coming together and serving God and, you know, worshiping together, you know, but we operate on a world, you know, where people look at us for face value um, and we are men of color. You know, we are Latinos. And, you know, yeah. I was curious about the about whether or not you have ever experienced a situation where someone invited you to go minister to a place. Uh, but then when they see you, it's kind of like a weird vibe. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, being Latino in this place we call America is actually hard. It's difficult. Mm hmm. You know, I've, I've been in places where you talk Spanish and people have told you or people have told me, hey, no Spanish. We're in America. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I've, I've been in that situation. And I've also been in situations where, unfortunately, I step into churches and, I, you know, by by how I've been handled, I've, I've felt less than, you know what I mean? I've felt like, wow, you're really looking down on me because, mm -hmm. you know, what you are. Um, it's hard, you know, uh, but going back to how I was raised, compassion, you know, I don't do it for them. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been difficult. I think that's why doing what we're doing with Maverick now, Maverick City Espanol is so important to me because I'm going to normalize Spanish worship. Mm -hmm. I want to I further normalize it in churches all around America. It's not going to be weird to go to church and hear two languages. Yeah. I want it to be normal. You know, it's not going to be weird to go to churches and hear a 30 minute set and 10 or 15 minutes of the whole set is Spanish, you know? Um, and, and, and even making the forefront of ministry in this country, partially Spanish as well. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I just burn for my people. I love my people. We're some of the most beautiful people, you know what I mean? But we're looked down upon. You know, because we speak a different language, you know, and we look different. And as sad as that is, you know, it's sad. And I I have a, you know, my wife is black. My daughter is black. My best friend is black. You know, I see the, I see the, um, I see the injustice in that, in that, in that area as well. You know, so I, it's, it's something that when I, when I start talking about, I get really emotional because I just. It's around me, and I get really upset about it. You know, I've, I've, I'm one that have gotten into altercations over somebody disrespecting friends of color. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I'm that dude. That like, let's not forget, I'm from Newark. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not forget. And um, yeah, yeah. So that to everybody. You know, let's not forget where I come from. So yeah, it's it 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 it's hard for me. It's a hard conversation, but we're still alive and there's hope if we're still alive then there's hope you know what i mean yeah 
And I think also just what we see right through these videos and like Eddie was saying, just, you know, the collaborations, um, you know, the different skin tones and the backgrounds that everyone has, you know, that is encouraging to see, especially within the church, because even, you know, sometimes we talk outside the church, right? We talk about when it comes to race and these issues, uh, but even inside the church, sometimes we, we face these things and we face these harsh realities that there are people who, you know, have these issues, right? And have this kind of like hatred in their heart and things that they really need to work out. So definitely through your worship and through these visuals that we have been getting and receiving, I think that that alone, um, you know, is opening the door for the conversation and is creating opportunities and, you know, letting people know that this is something that, you know, like you said, should be normalized, right? And there's power, there's power when it comes to that. And, you know, I know a part of the Maverick City, you know, team, it's not just, like you said, it, it, it's a team, right? You have people that sing, you have people that, you know, play the instruments and, you know, you also have songwriters. I know you yourself are a songwriter. Um, you know, you've collaborated with people to write songs with them. Um, you know, I often see sometimes, you know, Maverick City hosts these, uh, you know, Spanish camps. I believe they host like writing camps and things like that. So what does the songwriting process look like for you? Like when you're going to write a song, when you're going to, you know, work on a new project, when you're away, right, you know, in a different state or something kind of, you know, what does that songwriting process look like for you? Uh, honestly, it looks different every time. Uh, you know, Be Praised uh, was my first song that I released to do Maverick. And it was a pretty big release, which I'm pretty blessed by um, and amazed by. <clears throat> um, that was written at my church in about 30 minutes. You know, me, Dante, and my friend Joel wrote that pretty quickly. Um, most, of, most, most, most of the time, it looks like a co-write. I, I think I enjoy collaboration when it comes to songwriting. Um, other times <clears throat> it's just me at my house late at, late at night, like the song God of Midnight. You know, I started that song at one in the morning in my apartment, you know, and, and was just saying whatever came to my heart. And I, I just freestyled the whole verse and chorus pretty much, you know, verse and pre, you know, pre-chorus and chorus. I pretty much freestyled it in my house, really just working through it. And, um, so it, it looks different. But most of the, but I would say most of the time I'm writing what really, really matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there we do see how a lot of times we use whether it's our current situation, what we're going through at the moment, how we're feeling in the moment as well uh, to serve as an inspiration to put pen to paper, put fingers to keyboards or whatever uh, to then create something and i think that especially when you know we develop a uh everybody has their own way of communicating with god you know a lot of people especially creative people do it through their arts and through their talents uh yeah. so when you are a songwriter or you're a singer or a musician you know sometimes just sitting at a keyboard or just sitting in front of a notebook or whatever you know all of a sudden you just begin to share how you're feeling to God and it yeah. develops into yeah. this song or this melody, um, you know, and we see that a lot as well. But I did want to, you know, there's something that about 10 years ago, maybe um, I started to hear a lot, which was the the concept or the phrase of spontaneous worship. Um, you know, like, I don't know if 
maybe I'm pretty sure before that it was a thing. Uh, but I know that it became this thing, especially when I recorded music as well, where you would have these moments of spontaneous worship. So number one, what I want you to do, uh, if you can, is your opinion on defining what spontaneous worship is. Um, but then I also wanted to know as well was, you know, what is there a right way to do it? Um, what all spontaneous worship is, is just an overflow of a personal conversation you've already been having with the Lord. Yeah. So on the platform, when I begin to sing, you know, when I begin to sing, for example, be praised after be praised. The last chorus is, um, be praised, be praised forever and always. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now I started singing, that's how long you're worthy. So that's how long I'll give you praise. That's how long. And I, that just came out of me. That's spontaneous. Yes. That was that was a conversation I had already been having with the Lord in my secret time with him. Telling yeah. him, man, you're worthy. Like you're actually always worthy. There's actually never a time that you're not. Even in even in the even in the wilderness, even in the storm, even in our circumstances, even in my highs, even in my lows, you're actually still worthy. And it don't yes. matter. And that's just, that was a private conversation I was having with the Lord already. And that's, that's spontaneous. The spontaneous song of your heart, the things that your heart just randomly wants to tell the Lord. Mm -hmm. spontaneous, as opposed to what prophetic is. <clears throat> because people yeah. try to sing them both. Yeah, so, but I, I think that's an important thing to also distinguish. You know, so you've spoken about what spontaneous worship is. Now you open the door to prophetic worship, which is what? Yeah, prophetic worship. Prophetic worship is just a declaration that the Holy Spirit wants to make through you, like in the moment. Yeah. So I'll go from spontaneous telling the Lord how I feel about Him, and then He, in return, speaks to us. And then what I, whatever I feel or hear Him speak to us, I begin to release that. Yes. And I think even prophetic, you know, He will give you words of knowledge for somebody in the room, or for the generation, or for somebody, or for somebody a week down the road that might hear the video that you don't know about, but he does. That's what makes it prophetic worship. When you begin to prophesy and speak what the Lord has given you. And I teach every, every time I teach a workshop, I, I try teaching the students like, you know, we're modern day prophets. We're just singing, you know, we just sing. We don't, we don't stand on a mountain, you know, like the prophet Jeremiah or like the prophet Daniel, like we don't stand on a mountain and declare thus say it the Lord. We stand on a stage with a mic, and sing what the Lord is saying over us. And we prophesy that way. We're just singing prophets. So um, we got to be equipped to do both. Yeah. And I think it's important in that conversation, you know, to highlight the fact that all of these things really only happen when you have that connection with the Lord, right? That when you have that, you know, uh, that connection and that relationship with the Lord, where in those moments where you are ministering, right? These things, you know, it happens naturally, right? Like it's not something that you need to kind of like force out or something that you need to almost schedule, right? But when you have that personal intimacy with the Lord, right? Like you said, this is a reflection of conversations you have already 
had with God, right? And moments of, you know, of of talking to him and, and in your private time, in your private worship, right? And now it's being, like you said, you know, brought forth in this moment. So I just think it's important, you know, for people and our listeners, uh, you know, to realize that when you see, you know, Maverick City doing what they do, when you see Aaron doing what he does and working with the people he does, you know, again, there is the physical work ethic that that you need to have, right? That focus, that drive. But there also is that spiritual connection that is the foundation of, you know, everything that we ultimately do. And that's where all these things, you know, spring out of, right? That's the fountain that kind of, you know, drives us right. and pushes us forward, you know? And um, sometimes I think there are those that try to do what you do or try to do or replicate what, you know, other people are doing in other worship teams and things like that. And they forget the, the element um, that's that foundation, which is that yeah. personal connection where everything flows out of, you know, um, you know, you recently, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, you have a wife, you're a newlywed. Um, and I know that there are many people, right, that may be listening that are currently waiting for, uh, you know, their spouse, right, for the one, like they say. And, you know, they may need a word of encouragement when it comes to finding their love. So what would you say as a word of advice, right, to those people who may be single, who are struggling to find the person that they want to spend the rest of their life with? That's a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I want to say something that's going to make somebody really get married. Anyway. Based on your experience. <laughs> Man, honestly, I was, when I, when I started dating my wife, I was actually at a place where I was over being the, uh, you know what they say about musicians and, you know, we date around and do all the, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. We got, we already got this negative connotation, which I hate. Because musicians are some of the best, you know, I know some of the best musicians. They're some of the best people. We just real. People hate real. You know what I mean? But our, yeah. us, we're just real. But anyways, I was at a place where I just, I didn't, I didn't want to like keep dating around and, you know, doing all that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a season to be by myself. And when I be, I just felt like when I took some time to really, really, be okay with myself and who I was and who the Lord called me to be and in my relationship with the Lord, I felt like I was clear-minded enough to see who my wife to me was then. <clears throat> like, as soon as I met her, I knew. You know, as soon as we met, we knew. And I, I know that that may not that may not be everybody's story, but that's mine. Right. <clears throat> and um, I think the reason I knew was because I was actually clear-minded and open-handed you know what I mean like I wasn't I wasn't out here with five girlfriends and you know trying to you know what I mean like I was I was clear-minded I, I I was empty and open-handed and um <clears throat> for somebody who's trying to find love you know like I would just I think it, it might be around you it might be somebody you know already I just think that you have to be open-handed and empty-handed and allow the Lord to you know, bring before you, you know, who's for you. And that might not be the time yet, you know? Yep. If we want to just be honest, you know, it just, it might not be time. But um, I think when it is, you'll know it. And when you, when you find that person, I think you'll know it. We always, we always, we always got this weird, cool intuition. My best advice though, is listen to the people around you. Now, don't be one of those ones that be like, oh yeah, I feel this. And everybody's like, uh, you know, run. You need to evaluate that. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's always the case and that's always right. 
but I am saying like, you know, a veces tu madre sabe más que tú. You know what I mean? Like a lot, yeah. a lot of times your mother knows better than you do. A lot of times your father knows better than you do. Sometimes your best friends know. You know that's why that's why they're there. So I don't know. Yeah. I would I would I would pay attention to who's around you. What are they saying? You know what are they suggesting? And yeah. Yeah, and I think that's especially important also when it comes to like timing. You know, it may not necessarily be that they're telling you that's not the right person. It just right. may be it may be an advice of, all right, you just need to cool it down a little bit, you know, you know, be more patient or whatever, because sometimes you may find the right person. You may connect greatly, but because you just you start making bad decisions or you start rushing certain processes, it's kind of like you're messing it up. So, you know, that's that's why it's always important to have yeah. people in your circle who have your best interest in mind uh, that also have your ear so that, you know, if they see something you don't or they realize something that they want to bring to your attention, it is important, you know, to have that 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 team, yeah. that friend, that's that yeah. safety net uh, to, like, guide you as well. Because and that goes hand in hand with everything. It goes hand with relationships, with ministry. Yeah. With, anything you know to yeah. being able to have a team of people or not even a team one or two people you know that can be people that are your soundboard that you're you know that you trust their advice you trust what they have yes. to say and that you take it to heart as well and and sometimes <clears throat> the truth is I, this is a hard truth but the truth is sometimes you're able to see more from the outside than you are from the inside yeah like, I don't know if you can attest to that, but sometimes I have friends that are from the, looking in, you know, looking from the outside in and saying, no, this is what's actually going on. But because you think you're really on the inside out, you're like, no, that ain't how it is. They're like this. They're like that. No, sometimes, sometimes there are cases that the people around you can see more than what you can see. So I would just trust. I would just have good friends around, good family around that, you know, you can trust and, you know, dating you know, dating and getting married and all that, that's like the second biggest decision you can make of your life. The first one is yeah. to accept Jesus, you know, and the second one is who are you getting married to? Because that, that matters, especially, especially when you're doing what we do when it comes to ministry and all that, man, it matters. The kind of wife you have matters. I wouldn't have, I would have not been able to be gone a week if my wife wasn't understanding of who I am and what I do. I was gone mm -hmm. since last Wednesday, y'all. My wife graciously let me. <laughs> so like for real, that's a real thing. You gotta you gotta watch and know. Don't just don't just get into stuff because you can, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, we I hope our listeners really uh, you know, took everything that you said and and you know, they're gonna reflect on it later because it's definitely um a lot of truths that you shared with us, which you know, we're so appreciative of. Um, you know, our last question that we like to always end, you know, the podcast with, since this is called the God Life Culture Podcast, we want to ask you, how has God used collaboration in worship to impact your life personally and also the culture around you? How has God used collaboration? Hmm. Honestly, where we are in the world and where we are in America collaboration is what gave me hope to to know that things could actually change you know mm -hmm. if i can be honest when when all this george floyd and brianna taylor stuff happened i was actually so i was so so hurt and began to and began to grow bitter bitter you know a lot of artists and 
people won't be honest with that, but I can because I'm from Newark, New Jersey. I just I gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, I'm always go back to that. I, if I can be honest, I was beginning to grow bitter. I was beginning to grow angry with let's just be honest, the white communities that chose to shut up, you know, and just a lot of things that I was seeing that was making me grow angry and bitter and wanting me to actually separate myself from a lot of the things that I'm a part of, you know, but collaboration, especially in my Maverick community and being married to a black woman and just seeing collaboration in so many different areas of my life, you know, in Maverick, we had Naomi who's black, Dante Chandler, they're black. And then we got MJ who's Indian and I'm me Spanish, you know, seeing that gave me hope to believe like, Oh no, we're gonna see a change and it's gonna happen with us. And um honestly, this year, that is what really kept me going. <clears throat> Seeing what I see in my community and co- collaborating the way we do in our community, it's 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 given me hope. It's given me hope and a different set of eyes to see, you know, through the lenses of what Jesus wants to see in America. So no, and I think it's 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 important. It's also evident. You know, it's something that you started the episode talking about, which is bridging the gap um, as well. And, you know, it's it's difficult for us to navigate uh, the world, you know, because we are not only people of faith and Christian, but people of color as well. Or even if you're, you know, a white person from wherever who has relationships and friends and connections with people of color as well, you know, you take on that hurt as well. You know, you, you feel the same things that they feel as well, the injustices and all the negativity. Uh, but we also need to understand and be wise and allow the Holy spirit to guide us in, you know, walking by faith, also walking by compassion, also trying to, you know, show people how to bridge those gaps as well, which is difficult, you know, because, you know, you're from Newark, I'm from Brooklyn, sometimes you just want to pop off, but sometimes you have to allow God to be like, all right, Lord, I need you to hold me and to help me through this, because even though I want to pop off or say something or react, God, I need you to really give me the wisdom to know how to effectively address the issue. Yeah. And that was me. I think that I was, I mean, I was vocal through the whole thing, especially Maverick. We're a very, 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 very vocal community because we feel we're supposed to, we feel called to it. So we've been vocal with all of that stuff. And um, just, just with the Holy Spirit's help, allowing that not to become a, to not, not to be released from a place of anger. Yeah. But from a place of, yo, we got to see it. Like, yeah, it was just a lot that was happening. I, but that, yeah, that's my answer. I just seeing how God has used this community to really show me what we want to see. You know, we've reached the end of the episode, but as always, we like to give our guests an opportunity to share whatever they have in their heart to share, whether it's something that they feel like God is talking to them, uh, asking them to to share or a project maybe you have coming up that you can give details about. Uh, so Aaron, what do you want to take this moment to talk about? Uh, I would like to encourage everybody. It was told to me this week and I want to share it. You know, it's just a simple phrase, but keep it on the front of your heart, on the front of your mind, you know, wear it on your sleeves. Um, 
love with everything. Love people with everything. <clears throat> I think that's something I want to leave everybody here with. The, the, the foundation of the earth was love. That should be the foundation of everything we do. Love, loving people. So I just want to encourage people who are listening. Love with everything. Love will overcome fear. Love will overcome doubt. Love will overcome restlessness. Love will overcome depression. Love will overcome bitterness. Love will overcome anger, anguish. Love will over love overcomes everything. So I just want to encourage everybody who's listening to love with everything. Don't just love with a little bit, but love with everything. That is awesome. So listeners, definitely, uh, you know, take those notes, read them, uh, reflect on this episode, reflect on everything that, you know, Aaron has shared with us. Aaron, if you could just please uh, let us know where we can find you on social media um, yeah. and where we can follow you. Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me, Aaron Moses Official. Um, I don't really use Facebook like that. I, I try to keep it pretty Instagram full. But cool, cool. So definitely be sure to go uh, follow him and stay tuned to everything that he has coming up, both, uh, you know, with Maverick City and also just, you know, what he's doing and, uh, you know, where he's going and and all of that. Definitely, uh, you know, sending your prayers as well. So, Aaron, we want to say thank you so much for being with us today and for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you so much, guys. It was such an honor to talk with you guys. And I feel I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm home talking to you all. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, definitely be sure to follow Aaron, subscribe, uh, you know, to everything that he's doing, stream his music, download the music, support, and um, definitely be sure to follow our podcast on Instagram at God Life Culture. Subscribe, review, rate, do all of that. We are grateful for the support. Yeah, we're thankful, Aaron, for you for taking out your time, especially with the schedule uh, that you have to be on the podcast uh, with us. We are grateful. So we definitely encourage our listeners to follow, subscribe, download, purchase his music, his stuff, everything that he's doing as well. You can find here now on any of your music platforms, all the Maverick City stuff that he's worked on. You can find that as well and even take a deep dive and look for all the older stuff uh, that Aaron has worked on and produced and sang on and played on um, and support because as people of God, we should be lifting each other up. And that also means supporting one another's ministry. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God, God Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.